take two? Yes. Like all podcasts out there, sometimes things don't take and there are deleted audio files and things. This is my fault we're recording, but it's probably better. You know, I get to see you when I wasn't planning on seeing you. You know, that's true, Dan. And and to be fair, this could only be your mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't try and don't yeah. try and. I threw a wee in there. This. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you know you're the pushy button, pushy buttony dude. Anyway, so long yep. story short, we came to do the intro for this episode, this awesome episode, and Dan didn't do the pushy buttony things like he was supposed to, and so. We missed um, gold, but we're going to make better intro intro gold, aren't we? Yeah, well, you reminded me a couple of things when we did this a week <laughs> ago or whatever, um, when it was very hot outside. It's mm. kind of pleasant now, uh, but it's about to get hot again. We are in the, the depths of summer right now here in Hawke's Bay. It was 39 degrees in my car. Ah, mm. nice. No. I'm glad I wasn't there. And... Um, that we did this in your house, which was really cool. That uh, never happened before, may not ever happen again, but um, this episode we actually had a celebrity, a genuine global celebrity, uh, a, a wine celebrity, but actually a TV celebrity yeah. and a book celebrity who was, what do they call a book celebrity? Like a famous author, that's what they call it, yeah. Yvonne, goodness sake, use your words. Um, and he's an actor. And an actor. And he's a singer. He's a TV presenter. He sings to us in this episode. Sang to us um, and stared into my eyes. He called He called my eyes limpid pools. He did, yeah. He was uh, limpid pools. He came in a bit randy. He came he? in randy. <laughs> and I tell you what, it was dandy. Um, and he's a steam train fan, apparently. Um, Master of Wine, Tim Atkin knew that we were interviewing this man, Oz Clark, O-B-E. And he said, you've got to talk to him about the steam trains because he's, he's a, you know, huge on steam trains, knows loads, but we forgot oh, to talk to yeah, him about steam trains. I was going to say, I remember talking about that. Yeah, because we forgot, Dan. Well, I forgot. Well, that's not our fault because he was off and running as soon as he got on the mic. And, Couldn't get a word in each wise. And we had to actually steer the ship a little bit and get him to talk about his story and tell mm-hmm. us how it all started, and our, which is... You know, the type of real hard-hitting podcasting we like to do here at uh, Phase of Our Lives. (laughs) But, you know, amazing to have Oz Clark um, in New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand wine growers brought him over and the great team at Hawke's Bay Wine Growers had him here in Hawke's Bay. Um, They had him soaking it up. He was up to his eye bags in wine from all different parts of Hawke's Bay, met loads of our great wine people. was destined to attend um, the great uh, street, uh, what is it called? The street festival? Oh, Taste Hastings. Taste Hastings. Um, little wine festival out in the street um, that, you know, Dan at Despel's involved in. Loads of wineries came on board for that. So before he got all festy on it, came over to my house and we sat across the dinner table and, um, and went hard. So... It's a whirlwind of a podcast. We kind of cover all sorts of stuff. There's wine stuff in there. There's SB stuff in there. There's singy, dancey stuff in yes. there. There's all sorts. And um, it was just a joy. Yeah, and I think the uh, one thing to mention before we start the episode is, and we heard this afterward and when he came to taste, is how uh, when people from all over the world come to Hawke's Bay, how much they love it and they find it so charming. You know, it's like a word I hear a lot, like, oh, it's just so nice here, you know. And uh, we just had visitors in, friends of uh, my my parents last week, and they just said, man, what a lovely place, Hawke's Bay. So we're really lucky. And that when uh, when we do get um, somebody who's, you know, internationally known or famous for whatever they're in Mm. and they come to Hawke's Bay, they go, it's a really great place, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of that talk too. We're vibing. Yes. Bay is vibing. And the wines are great. And uh, mm. yeah, we showed them a good time. And the positive chi came in from the east and the feng shui was working. So yeah. yeah. Listen and enjoy, potties. Cheers. Leather piece. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to put my head on the forehead, uh, a piece of leather, and, and sort of think, 
when the, so I'll know when the loop happens because my my seatbelt will fail and I'll fall out. Yeah, you will. Or you choke. You and, choke. Or you die. And you, whatever. Some sort of death would occur. There'll be a, there was some death. There some we, death. Yes. So we're talking through all this trauma. Oh, so God. we're asking you to be gentle. Oh, we'll be oh, gentle. Yeah. This is just he, an easy conversation. He, he, he's uh, been tasting all day, so he it's all right. He doesn't have to. Smooth and if you like, we can. We, you've, we've got wine here, but I've got some beers in the fridge. If you'd like a beer or a cup of tea. You're looking so solicitous. <laughs> what would you like, my love? I, I know. Oh, I just wanted somewhere to live. You can, <laughs> can I live here? Please? Sweetheart, you yes, can got, live here. I've got, I've got you can, life we can tackle wackle yes. up, you know, I'll, it'll be fine. I'll live here then. Yes. Okay. Yes. You so can, leave yeah, you, you head away and... Um, oh, you don't need, you don't, you don't need to come back. You. All right? You don't I'm, need to, I'm definitely going to come back. No, you don't need we to. Don't I'm, need, I'm living here now. You can stay here. <laughs> but I can I can bring him down to the taste later if you want. Oh, you'll do it. Oh, okay, right. cool. I've, I've got a time. Where are you staying? Uh, oh, right oh, there. So, so in easy. the thick of it. Is that any good? That's right, easy. Yeah. Right. easy. So we'll see you in about three quarters of an hour. Okay, okay. beautiful. Thanks, Brent. Um, uh, what nice to be here. Really nice. Um, I, rough old place. I know we don't have you for very long, so I'm recording now. Oh, that's okay, cool. Gotcha. Great. But, um, so many things. Who am I talking to? Okay. Uh, where's my focus? Your focus <laughs> is, oh, well, t- first both of all, of I need to... Um, is it both of you or one of you? Oh, but we're both talking. Just an easy conversation. So, uh, Yvonne is, uh, oh yeah, you want to turn that on? So I started a podcast years ago where I interviewed winemakers and stuff. I'm a winemaker. You'll see my, um, tasting room right in Hastings when you go in there. Excellent. Um, decibel. And are you on the the taste? I'll be doing the whole thing. I've actually got my bike here. I'm going to take my bike straight from here to there because parking will be not great. But and you you come from Canada? I come from Philadelphia originally. Okay. And uh, and that's where I send a lot of my wine these days. Yes. Yeah, they're doing really well. I'm a 49ers guy, so. Oh, they're going to have a battle soon coming up. I think so. The 49ers have. Yeah. Faltered after a good start. Maybe I know. They, maybe they realise that when you're mystery relevant, you can do seven games in a row. But they find you out. The, they the do. defensive coaches find you out. If, it's a tough league. Oh, I know. That's really cool. So he's an NFL fan. He's an NFL gotta, fan. Um, what can about. I? What can I lubricate oh, you with? Melbeck. <laughs> I do know. I, I know. Is that the Church yeah, Road? I yeah. I think it's right. I think that the Church Road are making some good wine. Or I've got a bottle of champagne in the fridge. Would you like a classy little fizz? What uh, English sparkling wine? Yes. It's not English sparkling wine. So <laughs> I it's a classy fizz. Soz, babes. It's um. It's got to be English. It's <laughs> all right. Method. 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 It's not method. It's oh not no, method. it's not it's this actual, French stuff. It's actual, oh, this it's actual French. Come all this Look, way and I get it's French. Oh, it came really? in a box. That's oh, that's a real. A, so it must oh, be a marketing first quality second. Yeah. Oh, it's Piper. Oh, yeah. that's that's very nice. Yeah, Piper's real solid. Oh, good gracious! You should have said. Yeah, it's one of the, have said, I'd have said yes immediately. It's one of the good ones that we get down here. Yeah. That's very solid because yeah, sometimes you can get overpriced, uh, just okay stuff. You know what I mean? What champagne? Yeah. Uh, like yeah, and, and whereas New Zealand uh, bubbles are really underrated, and you get yeah. some fantastic stuff for yeah. way cheaper, yeah. you know. But I think people like Piper and Charles Heisig do a good mm. job. Yeah, they I agree. do a very They're good one job. Of the, one of the people who made a big effort to get better over the last five or ten years. Not all the champagne houses have made that effort. No. But down here, but when you have a license to print money, yeah. you know, why would you? It's called champagne marketing, and <laughs> they invented marketing of wine, and she just looked with absolute them. amazement. Thing. I don't know how you guys got away with it, but you did. We produce fantastic fizz in Hawke's Bay, actually. You may not have had any while you're here. Uh, tell me which ones. Tiawonga Estate. Uh, they produce a yes, really gorgeous I, I had... De La Terre. De La Terre. Oh, no, they're up at the Crown yeah. Terrace. Yeah, he's up there. Yes. No, I, I, I was up and there was it Manawi I went to Monowai. visit. Monowai. Monowai I went to visit. Yeah. Um, surrounded on all sides by multinationals. <laughs> and there he is, Marcello and Emma, sort of keeping the thing going. Yeah, I know oh, those gorgeous. guys very They're well. lovely oh, and they're lovely. making very, very nice wine, and particularly nice Sauvignon Blancs from that, from that little batch of... Uh, thank you very you much. Very Couldn't welcome. agree more. You might even see some Crown Thorpe Sauvignon Blanc in... On the Yorne. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, I love that style up there. Um, yeah, and I think that's... I'm a great 
fan of, of Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc and I'm, I'm always banging the drum A, in the market saying how good it is and B, when I meet producers say, for God's sake, don't dumb it down keep, mm. keep, keep fighting the good fight because it's such an important wine in, in oh, the yeah. European market and probably in the world market but definitely the European market certainly so, in the US, the thirst for it doesn't seem to be waning at yeah. all but yeah. uh, they, I think they like a different style. So in in Northern Europe, we like more zing to it, mm. more, more crisp, sort of greeny bite. But I thought that the uh, two things, the, is it the Mangataki Terrace. Yes. Mangataki Terraces, Mangataki yes. Mangataki goes on one side. Yeah. Uh, and and that, uh, that bit of Crown Thorpe stuff yes. that I saw. The quality of the acidity is a juicy mm. acidity. So the guys down at, the, the, the lads down at Te Awonga, I think two or three of them are using a mangatahi fruit. It's making a massive difference. Huge difference Huge because difference. of the climate difference yeah. there is incredible. And uh, oh yes, cheers, cheers, cheers. Lovely to be here. Very nice to have you here. Mm. Yeah, no, that. there's mangatahi on one side, and then across the river, it's matapiro. And there's, um, you know how we have the gimblet gravels, yeah. and out towards the coast at Tiawonga, um, Tim Tuvi at Clearview calls them the Tiawonga pebbles. Um, <laughs> there's the tukituki terraces, but the people at matapiro, the stones there in the vineyard are so big, they're so, so massive, that they call them the matapiro swedes. That's the that's the terroir. Uncooked. At, <laughs> at Matapiro. Matapiro Swedes. Matapiro Swedes. Yeah. It, it sounds as though the, the, the action you put on sounded as though they're Swedish to people who actually live out there. Well, <laughs> that, that Matapiro station. Beautiful what building. A beautiful building. <gasps> Well, it's then, just, you just, then you just go on for mile after mile of, of, of nothing. Pinot Gris and yeah. well, pasture land. A beautiful open um, pasture as, when you come down off the hill there opposite the station. And then you just go into mile after mile of good looking vineyards. But mm. I didn't realise exactly what the terroir was until I got out on the river. Mm. Very and, and I just looked at that. The, the terraces, terraces, 10, yeah. 20, 30 feet yeah. of big stones, but well, well yes. mixed with organic matter. It's and such it, exciting it, country. It, it's, it really it's, is. It's like there's a lot of stuff moving up that way now. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the other side too, there's a lot of great vineyards mm. all up and down the... Because it seemed to me with climate change that going... Um, so it's it's all very well going near the sea, which is great. What they're doing at Taiwan, I, I think, amazing shot. I, I, I enjoy. I, if I was a winemaker, I could I could live by the sea. And, you totally and, could. And the owner's gone away for lunch, so I go surfing for half an hour, wouldn't you? That yeah, well, that's the thing. You're 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 Tim. That's Tim Tuvey's life yeah. at Clearview. That's why he yeah. came here for the surf. And it's like and I can grow grapes. And label, label of his own. You think, hang on, that's surfing time you're eating in. Yeah. <laughs> you can be on the beach instead of making helio. Good gracious. But up there, um, it seems to me, I, I said when I came over here that, that I really wanted to spend some time in Hawke's Bay. Great. Because it's such an important area. But we don't necessarily have a real hang on it. We've got a good hang on, on Gimlet Gravels. Yes. Um, but Gimlet Gravels, I think, is in a position of challenge. With climate change and everything, you've got the Bordeaux varieties. Bordeaux is rather unfashionable at the moment. It'll come back into fashion because it's too important not to. Well, I think Syrah's the big thing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've got an awful lot of Merlot. Mm. And Merlot isn't Merlot is a clay grape. Yeah, it's a, it likes clay. It likes maritime conditions. Density. It mm. Gravels, dry, warm gravels, uh, in conditions which are. A lot less maritime up there than they are down That is so interesting that you say that because, you know, over the years that, because um, I'm born and bred Hawke's Bay, you know, so I've seen our wine industry go through lots of different, um, um, you know, trends and, and, you know, pushes for different varieties and things. And, and you know, we, um, back in sort of the, the 2000s, the early 2000s, the industry was saying, right, well, God, you know, Central Otago, they've got Pinot, Marlborough's got Sauvignon Blanc, Gisborne's got Chardonnay, you know, fuck, God, Hawke's Bay, we really need to hang our hat on one variety. Let's be Merlot country, or, you know, and, and the, but the people that didn't grow Merlot were like, well, no, that's not fair, you know, because we don't grow Merlot. We grow, we're Syrah specialists, or we're Chardonnay specialists, yeah. or we're, you know. And, and and everyone was like, but we must, we must find the one grape. 20 years ago, 
20 years ago, Merlot was really cool. It was really cool. And then, of course, it, you know, the, the, the thing happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, but you know what? I, I've always thought, you know, the thing about Hawke's Bay that I love is that it's the ultimate wine region. There is pretty much nothing you can't grow here. In different pockets of this beautiful little mm. province that we have, there's some really excellent, there's not a lot of it, but there's excellent land yeah. for, uh, in a great climate for pretty much every style imaginable. So why can't we be the ultimate wine region? But then that confuses consumers. consumers. And That's actually, the problem. You can grow virtually anything here, I suspect. Mm. Um, but I would have said that Merlot on free-draining, uh, warm soils mm. with hot undersoils and with, with a, a quite mm. dry atmosphere a lot of the time but then with these was it february march or january february march you get these wet events yes we do we have cyclones and things you'll be followed by heat and you get warm rain and suddenly all these things you think merlot rots quite easily and uh, and it's the trouble is merlot it's damn difficult in a in a lovely uv um dominant um sky like this merlot gets high tannins and you get the 15% alcohol and the tannins still aren't right in hot conditions. Mm. Shove the Merlot in the Cote de Blaye in the north of Bordeaux or something uh, and it can gently tootle along towards its ripeness um, yeah. on those those pale clay soils mm. out there. Mm. And, Not and so it's, much it's here. It's probably fine, but it, it mm. rushes and uh, in, in, it gets sun, it gets sun, so what's it called? A sun, sun strike. Mm. Yeah. Sunshot, yeah. Mm. So, um, so maybe well, so maybe Syrah's our thing. Syrah, obviously Syrah. Yeah. But the other thing is that um, I think that people probably believe the Australians too often. Uh, might as I love them. Uh, <laughs> Bless them. You can come and teach and play. We sell the most white wine over there. They they believed the Australians. The, I think the Australians often um, criticise New Zealand too much. As though they sort of no think, surprises still there. think that the New Zealand is sort of the, the younger brother mm. down in the back garden and they need to, to give him a, a lesson on what life's all about. One of them, of course, is um, that they don't like greenness and, sh- and, and, and maritime freshness in most of their wines because they don't get it. With the exception, say, of Margaret River, which which can That's get true. it. That's true. Even Kunawara, which is, it's not that maritime. It's no, a long no, way from the no. sea. Gets a and little bit, And you, therefore, the maritime, like Cabernets, they're all maritime grapes. Cabernet Merlot, Malbec, Petit Verdo, Cabernet Franc. Mm. They're all maritime grapes. And so an element of, of maritimeness, salinity, and herbal, leafy thing mixed with good fruit is exactly what a maritime grape should should be. Have you got a hanky, Daniel? Because I'm kind of, I'm dribbling. <laughs> I just want some Cabernet now. Let me just go and slap a couple of the on the barbie. But, but, uh, and, and so it's as though Hawke's Bay made a very reasonable decision with the Gimlet Gravels to say, let's do the Bordeaux stuff. The only thing I would question was whether Merlot was the grape they should have done. Mm. But, uh, but they were, I think they were frightened in the old days of, making wines that had a certain element of greenness because of those leaf rolly green flavours that Hawke's Bay on the Heron. But we had no, but the clonal material, Oz, that we had back then was so awful. It did not suit, with Cabernet and Merlot, pretty much everything. Dan's only been here for 15 years, so he's, he doesn't, he doesn't know. I've tasted some of the wines, trust so, me. Um, so, <laughs> I've tasted them from the 80s and uh, Yeah, and they're not fun. Um, but maybe then there's been an overreaction to it. We I think must so. avoid those flavours. I think so. Um, but the clonal material that we have you know, well, now yeah, I think is it's pretty good now. It's hey, pretty you've good. got good serum material. Oh, you, yeah. You've MS for a start. Mm. Alan Limmer clone. Um, you've got lots of, of decent Chardonnay now, and, and, and it makes good wine on, on Gimlet Gravels. I think uh, it's, it's not necessarily Hawke's Bay's best Chardonnay, but it's, it's good Chardonnay. Um, Malbec, you've... Taste to me. Ah, oh, I see it uh, looking me in, in the eyes and winking at me in, yeah. a, in, a, in a purple kind of manner. Um, it tastes to me as though that's cat or yeah. French Malbec, not Argentine Malbec. Which so the Malbec that um, different. they do, yeah. Uh, they say the DNA on Argentine Malbec is not the same as the DNA on French Malbec. So oh, really? Malbec. Yeah, no, we have. A, Mine are they? I do four different Malbecs, by the way. But uh, we're working with a, a Mendoza clone that's been named after this guy. Rod, I can't remember, but like Dr. Rod up in the nursery up in Gisborne. Mm. And it is very much that 
jamming Ron bon intense and dark black Malbec style, and it's on a couple vineyards in Hawke's Bay, but the rest of them are clones that are very much more Cahor, and we still don't really taste like that, but it's I get that same response when I pour the wines yeah. overseas. They go, oh, this isn't like Argentina. Huh. No, 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 it's not at all. <laughs> that's, that's not for it, sure. It, that's true. And we will be right back. Hey folks, I'm telling you about the latest things going on with Decibel Wines. We've got a new video up uh, on YouTube. Just go to our YouTube page, which is of course under Decibel Wines, and check out this beautiful new video we started shooting during last harvest. We in the vineyard, in the winery. Uh, we even took a trip back to Philadelphia to meet some of the folks in my roots, including my brother Jamie, which is really cool. Uh, and it's all directed, edited, and uh, filmed by videographer Michael Farr, who did a phenomenal job with it. And all the music is done by Adahi, uh, our secret weapon in this little project. So we're really excited to get this up. Go check it out. Give it a like. Give it a share. And then, of course, uh, visit us online, decibelwines.com. You can find all our wines up there, including all the decibel wines, our kind of reserved testify wines, and all the new Junta series wines, including the new Alborino, which everybody's excited about. Check that out. And be sure and use the promo code PODCAST, all caps, when you check out for 15% off. Uh, and of course, come visit us here in Hastings in the corner of Haratonga and Warren Street, right in the heart of the East Block where all the action is, all the great restaurants, uh, cafes, and things to check out. Uh, visit us here, decibelwines.com, and here in downtown Hastings, book in for a tasting, or just rock up. We'll probably find a seat for you. Cheers! And now back to the show. And Cab- Cabernet Franc is another... It's mm. a really, it's it's at last making its name all around the world. It is. And yeah. the interesting thing, I I didn't know this. I thought Cabernet Franc was a bit susceptible to late late season rain, for mm. instance. But you then go and talk to people in Brazil, uh, in Uruguay, in um, Virginia, it's New York State. Are humid. <laughs> it can it can cope. And can cope. It can cope. And and yeah. they say it keeps its acid in in difficult humid conditions better than Cabernet does. Late season rains, better than Cabernet Sauvignon. Again, Incredible. Surprise to me. And we don't do enough Cabernet Franc in New Zealand on its own. Yeah. It's been a blending yeah. variety for, for decades. Hardly anybody. I mean, yeah. Church Road, I think. They, they do. do. Um, and Beach House. Good. There's a, a um, company called Beach House in the gravels that do a great Cabernet Franc. Yeah. I'll just pour a little bit of this. This is the Church Road One Malbec that I'm pouring for Oz, by the way. I can see. I don't. Hang on. Am I wearing it? Inky gorgeous. To drink that. Yeah, that's why I'm pouring it for you and not Dan. Okay. Because Dan will spill Dan things. Dan will spill it. And Toby, keep 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 your nose out of that Malbec because uh, this is a, a this is about as dark as you are. But um, those those um, Gimlet Gravels is is an area which has has made a considerable reputation for it itself, but. I'm not sure whether the public still quite understand what Gimlet Gravels is. And one of the reasons maybe because they didn't have a great variety. They mm. had a style. So mm. it's the, sort of we do the Bordeaux style, which I thought 20, 25 years ago was probably the right approach. And they've been slightly unlucky, I think, in, in their timing. But then that would say, Syrah, uh, it, it, Syrah's time is coming, we all say, but... Then you talk to wine producers and say, oh, but difficult to sell. Difficult syrup. to sell. Californians, they can make some wonderful syrup. Ah, really find it difficult to sell. Chile makes good syrup, finds it difficult to sell. The only people who don't find it difficult to sell are, the, are, are people in the Rhone Valley and people in Australia. Mm, mm. Um, so I, it's, what do we do about syrup? If, all we're all saying, and I don't think we, we, we've got Riesling-itis here, the way that, that wine wine buffs are always going on. No, like, no. You must have Riesling. Oh, Riesling's the finest grape. No, we don't have it. We don't have the Riesling well, itis here. Nobody agrees with you. No, no. Um, people are pulling out Riesling all over the place. And, you know, we were hoping that people would get Viognier itis here. And that's just, you know, people just don't yet. get it. Gewürztraminer. What? Why are people not drinking more Gewürztraminer? Because we make amazing Gewürz in New Zealand. And <gasps> Matteo Ferrotan converts with them, got that in Alsace. I told Olivia so Zintunbrecht about it, and he went, he went potty. Really? He, said, we he said, we haven't had a clone like that in Alsace for 100 years. 
crazy. Yeah, he said you have to go back to vineyards planted in the 20s and 30s to get that kind of clone. And you've got the Matafero oh. clone available from the nurseries. Mm. Mm. Uh, the Mission clone, Pinot Gris, doesn't seem to have... I mean, I thought it was sensational. I had one or two early wines with Paul Mooney. Yes. And I thought they were wonderful. He said, it's just a bugger, it, you know, and it just, it doesn't work in the vineyards properly and people have rather given up on it. I said, oh, no, but no, it's No, don't the, give up. I, I, I said, I've told Elisa, it's not He says, oh, we haven't had that since the 1920s either. But you have got some some, some actually very good clone mm. materials off now. Gewurztraminer, though, it's... Most of the Gewurz Tramley one you have here, like everywhere else, is the Rota Tramley, that rather less spicy one. And it, you can't really pronounce it. I mean, Marlborough makes some People, very nice Gewurz. Oh, Marlborough um, and Central Otago make yeah, some gorgeous Gewurz. Yeah. Um, Nelson. Gewürz and yeah. Nelson, yeah. Um, but you're right. People see it on a list yeah. and they go and they can't. Yeah, and Same with Viognier. They go, I mean, we were at an, there was an event. We had an award show, a wine awards show. This is years ago, where the host, the MC of the show, was about to announce the Viognier trophy and went right over everyone. It's time to announce the champion Viognier, <laughs> and the audience went. Yeah. What? It, it, couldn't I pronounce it. It was the I, MC of the event. You've got to think French. Onya Vionya. Your shoulders have got to go up. Your arms have got to go like that. And you've got to look at the Same with, you know, everyone thought Gruner Veltlina's going to work. Yes, I know. And I love it. We Gruner were just Veltlina's. talking about Gruner Veltlina earlier, Dan, weren't well, we? Well, because uh, Yvonne's part of a subscription kind of wine uh, called Wine Friend. I'm the chief tasting of this, officer of, of uh, Nz. Uh, and I think if you give... <laughs> that's my, it's on my card. Look me in the eyes and say, I'm the chief tasting officer. Oscar, pleased to meet you, Yvonne Lorcan, chief tasting officer for winefringe.co.nz. Uh, okay, handcuff me now. <laughs> <laughs> Come um, with me, young lad. Uh, but if you give somebody <laughs> Grunewald, they'll like, oh, I love this. What is it? But it's tough for them to go out and buy it off the shelf. Yeah, they won't. Know, or order it on a wine list, you know. Now, interestingly, I think Albarino might work. Albarino, massive. We, New Zealanders are loving it. Get it. Yeah. The members of the public seem to understand Albarino. They do. seem to be able to pronounce it. Yeah. And seem to want it. And it's happening all over Europe as well. And right. it's happening in America. And delight, I was delighted to hear that the... The one or two people, I mean, I had a Smith and Chef this morning. I've had Beautiful. Peter Barry's Albarino from yes. South Australia, and, and someone else was making it. Was Villa Maria making a, an yes, Albarino? Yes, Villa Maria made an Albarino. Um, you make an Albarino. <laughs> of course he does. He makes everything. I'm going to go along there tonight. And, You're going to love Dan it. Dan is going to have 196 wines. He has so, 196 wines. But Albarino, <laughs> it's, isn't it funny? You, what's going to work? What isn't going to work? Yeah. Albarino has... Albarino, four syllables, yeah. quite a lot for, Ang- for English speakers. They're getting it. Mm. And and Riash Baishash, surely no one's going to ask for that. Well, they probably don't. They just ask for Albarino. But it works and it's a good grape and it's got thick skins and yeah. it keeps its asses and it. it's perfect Crops for well. Hawks Bay. Do you know what else people love? They love Gavi de Gavi. Gavi de Gavi. Gavi de Gavi, Gavi de Gavi. That's yeah. better than it used to be now because yeah. of course they've got. It's working. They're, they're no longer. Overproducing and underwriting mm. as they used to. Mm. Um, but it's exciting. Uh, I think, do you think that the next one for people to plant here might be something like a Sirtico? Yeah, you see, it's a, a maritime grape. Could work. Uh, it's a Mediterranean maritime grape. So again, you've got this. I, I keep thinking, plant maritime grapes you know, mm. somewhere near the sea. The Jim Barry Sirtico does well here. Does it? Yes. Uh, so the audience think a Sirtico, mm. they get it. And the thing is, it's on, it's on wine lists everywhere. For it's, people who go to restaurants. For people that go to restaurants and look oh, at wine. That, but it goes well. It's a, of the, of the wine yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it goes, it's a good wineless wine. Like people people yeah. go, oh, yeah, I'll give that a go because it's well priced. And, yeah. and actually, it, it's, it ticks boxes. I, I think so that, it could actually also, work. Uh, Santorini is, has walloped up its quality in the mm. last 10 years. Just mm. like Rioche Baixas is unrecognisable now from 10 years ago in northwest Spain. Mm. Portugal is now getting in on the act at last they're making Vigna Verdes out of Albarino, mm, mm. which tastes so much better than five or ten years ago. It's it's taking off. Assyrtico is really um, trendy around Britain. Mm. Um, so we should be drinking um, more Assyrtico. They, they, get, they get the word Santorini. They get the word Assyrtico. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's two four-syllable words. Um, that's not bad for English speakers. I think Assyrtico, someone ought to give it a go. 
Well, there we go. You've heard it here first on uh, Bays of Our Lives, yeah. which is the name of the podcast that that we have Oz Clark on. He really didn't know what he was getting into. He walked in the door, we put him down, shoved a microphone in his face, and um, just uh, kind of started. And a glass of fizz. And a glass of fizz. That, that got me going. And, got- <laughs> and, and also gazing into the limpid pools which are your eyes. Oh, the limpid pools. Mm. Is limpid? What, what is limpid? It's not a word you hear. Oh, Limpid, limpid pools. I did not say the Olympic pools. But <laughs> Olympic pools. Speaking Deep of, oceans, speaking of <laughs> words, though, and this is something I didn't know about you, Oz. But you, hold on, I wrote this down as a little bit of a note because I thought this was really interesting. I didn't know that you studied medieval languages. Did I? Yes. <laughs> That's what it says. This is funny because I it's got not, AI to generate this. this. So this is what this is what AI. T- I I thought I'll run you through ChatGPT. Because that's that's. Do you want to know what it says? Okay, it says that um, it says that you studied modern and medieval languages at St Peter's College. Did you or did no. you not? That's when you put that your name. One hundred percent wrong. <laughs> when you put your name into ChatGPT. This is what comes out. You're not serious. I'm serious. Look, it's written down. It's never written been down. to St. Peter's College. Never studied modern languages. Never studied... Award-winning wine writer Oz Clark's academic credentials. This is what it says. Clark is not just a wine enthusiast. He has academic qualifications in other fields. He studied modern and medieval languages at St. Peter's College in Oxford and later earned a Master of Science in International Relations from the London School of Economics. Listen, that uh, is such tripe. This is great. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna catch I'm I'm gonna wave that. I'm gonna come home and say to my it wife says it. You gotta take me seriously from now on. I've got five degrees. AI hey, says so. It's good to know that the robots I'm are absolutely, absolutely 100%. It, so it also said, well, it says, obviously, it says you've authored numerous books on wine. We all That's know that um, contributions to literature have been recognised by every man and his dog all over the globe. Anything interesting? Prestigious. Oh, um, what else does it say? Um, oh, no, it talks about your telly, that three men in a boat and, you know, um, Oz and James. <laughs> Oh, my God, thank God my pelvic floors are working properly. Um, it says... Three men in a boat. Oz is... This is chat GPT. Oz is not just a writer. I had to, I'm so pleased that you're loving this. Oz is not just a writer. He's also been involved in television. He has co-hosted... Yes, yeah. Most weeks. He has co-hosted several wine and travel shows, including... <laughs> Including the popular series Three Men in a Boat. Never. <laughs> and then... And then Oz and James's big wine adventure, which you know we, we know really well That's over here. Five series. These about. shows have showcased your knowledge of wine, but also your approachable and entertaining style. Because oh, I, I looked at three men in a boat and I went, "That can't so be real." So the robots real. like you, but they're wrong. About <laughs> they think I'm wonderful, but it's, it's all rubbish. Um, they also say that you, are, but you are an actor. Mm-hmm. Yes, so we know that. So that was the first thing that came up. It says you have a dramatic arts background. No. Um, it says, entirely different thing says you have a dramatic about. arts background. This is what Chat GPT that. says, Oz. It says you trained as an actor. No, I wasn't. It says you trained as an actor. No, I didn't. Word for word, what they said. Oz Clark trained as an actor who attended the Weber Douglas Academy of Dramatic Art in London. Absolutely. And right. your early <laughs> career included acting in plays and working with the Royal Shakespeare That's true. Company. Oh, but also, true. is that all? I mean, that, that, that's that, exactly that's how far we got down. So, no, no, this is I've worked backwards here. Worked backwards. So, of course, I thought I'd throw a few medieval words at you because I love Susie Dent from Eight Out of Ten Cats and she has great words. And I just wondered if you knew what some of these were, considering that AI says that you have a medieval um, <laughs> languages degree from St. Peter's in Oxford. Do you know what a, a quag swag is? A quag swag. Mm. Um, uh, it sounds like a, um, the takeaway food from Quaglinos that a bank robber would actually have a, a, when he'd, uh, after he'd robbed the safe. Yes, it, it is that. Um, it also is to oh, shake, fun. to shake to and fro. It's just quag swag. I am, I am so quag swagging so with excitement <laughs> you're, looking into your limpid pools. You're <laughs> quag swagging looking into my limpid pools. Um, and, and that your is Shakespeare? Cr- Chaucer, it sounds like. I think it's Chaucer. Um, crapulence, you know what your crapulence is, don't you? I was rather hoping you hadn't noticed. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> it's, it's, crapulent means foolish or stupid or something, doesn't it? Close, like, close. Or, it means the discomfort one, one gets from um, eating and drinking too much. Oh, uh, is one so experiences crapulence. 
I no, I maybe if it would. I've used the word crapulent about describing people's stupid ideas or his piffle and that kind of thing. Well, piffle, you could. Piffle, that's a good word. Piffle, piffle. is a great but word. I, I, if it's crapulence, well, then, uh, I mean, any fool know that. You put crap and crap and flatulence together, that sounds like crapulence, doesn't it? <laughs> it does to me. Mm. Absolutely does to me. Well, I'm not, I'm not yeah. suffering from it as badly as I thought. No, you're not. Um, and also mumpsimus is a medieval word which I thought we could adopt. Um, Mumps. Mumpsimus. Mumpsimus. Now, that's the kind of word I'd like to have invented. Yes, it's a good one. It's a traditional custom or a notion adhered to despite being incorrect. So if you're wrong about something, you stick to your guns. And you're being mumpsimus. You're being mumpsimus. That's a good one. I love it. That's a good one. That is a good word. It is a really good word. Balter, you know what a balter is? B-A-L-T-E-R. If you're baltering about, what do you think you're doing? Um, Mucking about. Close. You're dancing clumsily. Baltering, yeah, mm, dancing clumsily. I feel like baltering, all these things going to happen yeah. in the next few hours. I, I have a feeling instant. by the time I finish in Hastings High Street, I'll have done, <laughs> yeah. gone through mumpsimosity, baltering, uh, hopefully not too much crapulence, and I <laughs> would almost certainly have done whatever other thing. I well, would, oh, 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 quagswaggle. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think baltering and quagswagging are probably, you know... It's a very strange book you've been looking into for all these... I mean, it looks to me someone uh, who... Um, is rather opinionated, mm. dances badly. Mm. Um, they could be a snollygoster, which is a clever but unscrupulous person. A snollygoster? Mm. That sounds like someone like P.G. Wodehouse. Yes. Or, no, who would it, no, no, Edward Lear. Lear. Edward Lear would, would have yeah. snollygosters. They'd, mm. they'd, be, mm. they'd be the mortal enemies of the pobbles who had no toes. Imagine if he had no toes. I know pobbles don't. Really? Hobbles don't have any toes. So they're hobbled by their toes. They're toppled. The hobbled hobbled. The, the hobbled the pobbles. Because I, 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 I was an actor and I was doing um, As You Like It once and the, 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 the chap who was playing Charles the Wrestler had no toes. I have no idea how he stood up. But he, he had can't. a funny way of walking on his heels. So he's walking around. Oh, you could do it on your heels. Saying, You're Charles the Wrestler. I could knock you over with my <laughs> finger. <laughs> You must have been a hell of an actor. He was a terrible actor. Hadn't got any toes. What was he doing in a part? Well, Charles the Wrestler, they probably didn't realise he's got lines. It's hard to get good staff. Uh, how did he what? It's hard to get yes. good staff. <laughs> so, you know, if, it, well, if the choices have no one or have someone who has no toes and walks around on their heels and can't act, you, you get the pobble. You just get the bobble. Yeah, you get the pobble. I think, um, I mean, I would. Yeah. I'd, I'd hire them. So so that, you know, if you just run yourself through chat GPT um, or the, your average AI long language model, Loz, and um, you're, you're, you've got a fleshy I, 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 CV I, I, I here. Some new things out about yourself. I sound as I'm pretty dull and fairly impressive. <laughs> but, I, you know, I did lots of acting, but, I mean, I did... Much more interesting is that I was the first person ever to be arrested by Superman in Superman 1. Christopher Reeve. I was the bank robber who Christopher Reeve arrested. Oh, yeah. Can we say, are well, you on IMDb? You've got your own, Chris, you've got a credit for that movie. I don't, probably yes. I don't know. I should do. I'm the, I'm the bank robber Listen, who uh, you know. Christopher Reeve picked me up by the neck and dumped me. On on the the, the deck was, of the uh, outside city hall in New York. I was exactly oh the age. My God! To know you know that that movie was like on cable when I was a kid in America. I know every scene of that movie just because you know every other kid. I know exactly That's what me. you're talking about, and I see <laughs> it now. I'm like totally weirded out by it. And it's wonderful because they wanted to have a general release in America. And when you make $500 million, and if it's restricted to release, you make $50 million. Yeah, exactly. So my line, when I, when I see when I see Superman, was, holy shit. Yeah. Is that what you say? Is that your if, line in the film? If I say, well, see, according to, if you say, holy shit, excuse oh, my language, everybody, oh, um, that's immediately, you, you lose general release in America, and you get, you have, you get restricted. <laughs> so Dickie Donner, the director, he, we would spend days Dickie on Donner. this little scene. That's right. And he'd say, okay, as let's do this again, and I'd go, Holy shit! They said no. Too much eye. Too much eye. Okay, run again. And I go, holy shit! Come on, eyes, more eye, more eye. I need more eye. Holy shit! No, too much eye. No, yes. Okay, I'll start again. And then we were doing all. And everyone just going, "How this is going to take?" Reminds me of the cowbell um, skit on SNL. More cowbell. 
And I did, I did other, I mean, I did, I did the, the National Theatre and I did uh, Old Vic. And I, I, I sang the original music in Lord of the Rings. He did. You sang it. I sang the that was, music. That was the that was on um, on the AI too, yeah. model. How did AI miss all this? Shit? I, I don't know. know. And I sang parts like Sweeney Todd in Drury Lane. There was a barber and his wife, and she was beautiful. A foolish barber and his wife. She was his meaning and his life, and she was beautiful, and she was virtuous, and he was. Naive. And at that moment, <laughs> Tobias Drag comes on, cuts my throat. That's the end of the show. And that the, is, it's the, the first, final. The first time I played the role, um, when I got to the end, I just I can't believe it. I've done it. I can't believe I got through it, and, and I, I got a standing ovation. That's outrageous. When did you learn? When did you know that you could sing? When did that all sort of come uh, to you that you well, could I, actually? So I didn't train as an actor, but I, I I did go to university and did study theology and psychology, nothing to do with medieval languages, um, and I just was desperate to try and avoid getting a job. <laughs> Sounds and, really you know, and Becoming an actor was a way of avoiding. If you could act, and I could act. I just got serendipitously lucky. I mean, I I want um, I went I was watching the Oxford Review one night, and I thought it's terrible. And I stood in the bar afterwards. Oh, it's absolute rubbish! This is rubbish. And I was talking to this girl, and she said, "Okay, well, if you're so bloody smart, I'm the stage manager of the Oxford Review going to the Edinburgh Festival. So you you're just... so smart. Ten o'clock tomorrow morning. Come on, come on, audition. So you just trashed them in front of the, a woman who was actually involved. She was the person in charge of the auditions. And I and I went off and got drank too much. A Twenty-year-old Dow's tawny port. I remember. <laughs> Not of him to drink too much of. Next morning I woke up. Oh God, you know what was it? What did Lynn say? God, Keeble College. Okay, and I picked up a guitar from my friend Charles. Went up to and sat outside the door, sort of five to ten. She opened the door and said, "What are you doing here?" And he said, "Well, you said it's." Uh, uh, auditions and um, ten o'clock, and I'm here. Yeah, and, hit and me. Th- she said, "Right, you're first on." And I went in and I sang a couple of songs. Do you um, remember what I they were? Written, what? Oh, so you'd written the I'd songs? Written the songs, yeah. So I wrote a couple of, and sang a couple of songs I'd written, and then and they said, "Do you want to read something?" And they, I said, "Yep." And they said, "Well, we've got a, a Peter Cook and Dudley Moore sketch. Do you want to do Peter Cook or Dudley Moore?" I said, "I'll do both of them." <laughs> So I did both of them. And then oh I sort of, I, I said, anything else? I said, no. What's and your... I wandered back and thought no more about it. And a few days later at my college, I, I found a, a, an envelope and I opened it and it said, dear Rostock, we're very sorry to have to tell you. And I thought, no, I, I knew I wasn't going to get it because they were being smart. I'm very sorry to have to tell you, you turned over the card that we want you to join the Oxford Review Group to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And it, that was Did my... you just go squeeze? I, I just, it was like weights off my shoulders because I thought, I can do this. I can't believe it. I don't have to become a dry cleaner. I can become an actor. And it was such a, a break. So, so serendipitous. I hadn't been talking to that girl. I would never have, never have auditioned. Because, you know, auditions are pretty frightening. They're I frightening. Still find they're I know. Frightening, even mm. now. I know. And so I, I went do. And became mm. an actor. And then I became, I became a singer and I did things like Sweeney Todd and um, I, I sang General Perron in Evita. Wow. Can yeah. you bust out a line from? Uh, uh, do you? But on the other hand, she's all in have. She's a diamond in their dull grey lives. All that stuff, you know. <laughs> you know so um, I love it. And um, and I still now I've got. I do um, um, a show's called Oz and Harmonica Drink to Music, and we do baroque music, and we make the audience drink, and we've got about four shows we do. I'm sure it's a hard thing to do making the audience drink. Uh, it's very hard, but if they don't, we, we throw them out. We nick their wine. They, they were given glasses of wine. This and, in, and in so London? It's, it's all over England. Yeah, all over England. Not to not to New Zealand yet. Yeah. Hello, yeah. anyone got some money? Opera House, <laughs> Opera House, yeah. Opera nice House Hastings, yeah. Arts Festival, yeah, Wine got, Festival. Oh, everybody has sung at that Opera House. I'm Isn't it the it best opera house? It is one of the greatest acoustics in the world. It it's is. Amazing. It absolutely is. I've, I have stood on the stage there last time I was here, and I think I went when nobody was looking. There was a barber and his wife, and she's beautiful, and it was. <laughs> Do you know what that opera house? We, because I, you know, again born and raised here, so I went to high school here, Hastings Girls High, head girl, not bragging, and we had our prize giving at the opera house, the Hastings Opera House. And um, it coincided with the Acquire Festival. 
and every ha- uh, the the houses you know how hey, you have a house you know like a sports oh, yes. house oh, I, 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 yeah. so every house had to put forward a choir and in my house blue house the best one um we the best one yes to wearing even though she left for at least i know <laughs> we sang on stage at the Hastings Opera House, um, Sinead O'Connor's um, This Is the Last Day of Our Acquaintance, which trendy. very trendy and just came out at the time. But that song, look it up on Spotify. I'm not sure if you know it, Oz, but it is a monster of a song. She's quite the singer. And I <laughs> belt, before my before my septum became too deviated, um, I... Thing? From playing, playing for the All Black Ferns. Yes, yeah. yes, it was when I played for the Black Ferns. I was from Black Ferns. And numerous fights <laughs> that I that I got into. Um, oh, that could know. be from that. Yeah, that I know. I'm a scrapper. With the Springboks. Oh, I, know, I remember them. Yes. And Wash my mouth out. <laughs> so that was it. So I do agree. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, theatre. Yeah. Acoustics I, I beyond. I think a wonderful place you've got. And the, the deco... Art Deco, but it's, spread, it's not just Napier. That's what I'm no, so across the board. To see. It's all over the place. Yeah, I know. Mm, yeah. It's, it's, it's and, pouring out all over. Yeah, it is. It's, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I think it's, it's great fun to come here as, 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 as a wine visitor, but I very quickly get drawn into the other kind of things that, that Hawke's Bay does. Well, that yeah. should be the good part of visiting. Yeah, the food, area, the architecture, you know? the yeah. people. A lot the... of wine people don't do that. Did you find that sometimes wine people... They just got their own fundament. All they seem to be interested in is the, the taste, the marks out of a hundred, some kind of I, 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 unreadable tasting notes. And... Naval gazing foot shufflers, Oz, and um, yeah, it's all just you know. Oh, the, what's the pH on this? Yeah. You know, what's it? You know, what did you? Well, that, that, that brings me to the only other time I met you, which you wouldn't remember, but uh, I was assistant winemaker at Paratua years ago. Jason, who is not one for fluff let's say he's not one for that type of jason's the winemaker the winemaker there he's not one for you know jason fluff. stint anyway amazing uh, plug for jason but he said oh i've got to i want i thought that we should get the owners to pay for us to go to this dinner at craggy range that oz clark has put on i'm like why are we going oh, okay i guess i'll go to craggy range and i, I didn't know who you were anyway i was still pretty young to the region and young to wine and everything (laughs) well i'll tell you i thought well jason says this is cool thing to go to let's go to it it's going to be a good meal or anything and your your sentiment your way of being at that thing i was really impressed with because it could have easily turned into uh sorry a wank fest but you know and it wasn't at all it's just really fun night it was about 20 25 people at the dinner it was really intimate the conversations were good you know you hosted and just it was it it didn't get geeky or anything too stupid you know it was just like this is a great night all the more consumer people that were there had a great time and everything so then i thought oh who is this guy okay this guy's all right you know what i mean this guy's all right (laughs) i guess the question is is like how did you get there how did you get into wine without and and that's probably has a lot to do with your success is to be more personable and not, and approachable and fun. I mean, this is fun. You know, we're hanging out here. You know, mm. so how did you get how did you get there to do that? I mean, what, what got you into wine and and uh, you came at it sideways, sort of. And we'll be right back. How do everyone? My name's Yvonne Lawkin, and I'm the co-founder and chief tasting officer of WineFringe.co.nz, the best wine subscription service in all the land. And it's the best because my team and I hunt high and low to find delicious wines that we match to your individual taste buds. We do, by science. And then we deliver them to your door at a price and frequency that suits you. Essentially, we match wine to people. Now, we know you want to try new wines. We know you're curious, but we also know that it's really hard to break free from those boring, same old, same olds from the supermarket. So we take the hassle and the guesswork out of choosing great wines because if I know how your taste buds work, then you can trust me to go and find those wines for you. And it's super easy to do. So go to winefriend.co.nz, click on Get Started to fill out our fun questionnaire that helps me understand how you taste wine, choose a plan that suits your budget, choose your combo of red and whites, choose your delivery frequency, pop in your payment and delivery details, and then sit back and wait for a whole new world of wine to open up. And... If you use the word Yvonne as your promo code, that's Y-V-O-N-N-E, then you'll automatically receive an insanely excellent 24% off your first subscription case. Yes! 
So the plans are flexible, you're not locked into anything, you can buy more of the wines you love with a simple click or tap and become a wine friend. We'll all live happily ever after. Cheers. Okay, let's get back to the show. Well, what got me into wine? Um, what, is this a family podcast or not? Mm-mm. Not at all. Family schmamly. Yeah, yeah. I, I went out to university knowing exactly what I wanted. Sex. Sex. <laughs> I wanted sex. And I didn't know how to get it. Get some booze down here. So I, I went out to university <laughs> for a girlfriend. I thought, God, everyone else gets a girlfriend. Why can't I get a girlfriend? And I just looking at the, the university it's handbook, gone. and I saw they had this um, they had this university wine tasting club. And I thought, oh, I'll become a wine taster. I'll be soigné and I'll be elegant and sophisticated. The opposite sex will find me irresistible. And yes, so, and, yes, and they will. Two pounds a term. I thought that's fantastic. I went, God, I can afford two pounds a term. Then I looked at the small print, and it said, "You can take a guest." And so suddenly it wasn't four tastings a term, 50 pence each. It was four dates, 50 pence each. And I just thought, this is the most brilliant wheeze. And, and I, I absolutely remember my, my, my first ever tasting of wine. Her name was Francesca. Nice name. Scans well. And she was green from top to bottom. She had green hair, green sequins all over her face, very skimpy green top, tiny green leather skirt, and the rest of her, which was frankly most of her, was covered in green body paint. And I was wearing my best T-shirt and jeans, and we knocked, I got hold of Francesca, and we knocked on this door to go to my first ever wine tasting, and this snooty-looking bloke opened it. Every single person in that room was male, and they were all wearing pinstripe suits. And I was standing there with a girl who was green from top to bottom. Now, Francesca didn't even finish the tasting. I think she, I mean, oh, she absolutely did not think oh. that this was an amusing evening whatsoever. I, I tasted. Poor Francesca. I took four girls to tastings that term. Mm-hmm. None of them ever spoke to me again. <laughs> oh, Oz! So my social life was going nowhere. But I did pick up on the excitement of wine, mm. and so I then began to learn more about wine. And I did finally get a girlfriend. It took God, oh, took forever. Um, and uh, and and I, and when when I became an actor, they they started doing an English wine tasting team and I thought god I can do that I can I can do that I'll I'll get into the English wine tasting team and um I got into this English wine tasting team uh, and and we went to France we we threw down a girls love an athlete which (laughs) French girls I've had no luck with French girls well they don't like athletes I've got zero percent success rate (laughs) I mean there are many nationalities (laughs) where I got sometimes into double digit success rates (laughs) Never triple digits, but sometimes double digits. France, oh big God. fat zero. Not a single. Not. I just do not understand French girls when when they say things. I, I never seem to quite get the right end of the stick. Well, I have got a scar uh, on my eyebrow. What? Someone hit you with a stick? Hit by a girl called Francoise when I was fourteen, chasing her around a swimming pool. And with she a hit stick. Me, she hit me with a fishing net. And that, that's how much I was. she trying to catch you? Was she actually, perhaps with the net, she might have been trying to catch you? Well, then she didn't make a very good job of it. But uh, she, <laughs> at least I look and I think, yes, I remember you. Yes, yes. I can scar. Still it. it's, like, it's like your Harry Potter scar, yeah. your wizarding scar, but it's, it's more like it's lost, story, lost the girl from, scar. That's a good story. I'm 14 year old French girl hitting me with a fishing net. Because Wait, a minute, how old were you at the time? 14. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't 25. I was, I was 14. But on the other hand, I wasn't 6 either. I was 14. Yeah, yeah. 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 We all know. You know, 14 is an intense age. You're 14. 14 year old girls do not find you attractive. They might find someone older. When you're 16, 16 year old girls do not find you attractive. Is there anything when you're worse 17, than a 14 year old boy? Was your mother cutting no. your hair when you were 14? terrible. Um, I know a chap called Mr. Hugill used to cut my hair. Oh, that's right. Because, you know, if, if your mother was still cutting your hair at 14, then maybe that's but possibly why they were I, st- I used in to you. go to parties and my father said, um, I think you should have some long trousers. I said, oh, no, Daddy, I'm really happy in my school uniform. And my dad said, no, honestly, you can't have <laughs> parties in your school uniform. I used to go to parties trying to attract girlfriends in my school uniform, in short trousers. Hey, Angus Young from ACDC does it. I was thinking the same thing. 
but uh, where, oh, where were you when I was listening? You. He could play guitar. And, I, and I just thought, I'm doing something terribly wrong. But the girls would just used to laugh at me. So I, I got a little sensitive about being laughed at by girls. And they never laughed at my jokes. They just oh. laughed at me. So uh, that's why I took up wine tasting. And it didn't work either. But we went, we went to France eventually. We, we flung down this challenge. Um, this, this gauntlet. We, we would taste wines against any country. We taste their wines, and we taste and we taste the wines on their territory. France was the first one to see us, and we went to this massive palace in Paris that they got sorted, and I. They must have been certain that they would absolutely wipe, wipe the floor, the floor. Yep. and they thought another chance to humiliate the old 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 enemy England. So. They got television crews from as far away as Japan. Oh, television crews to come what? and look at us. Look at us doing uh, this wine tasting. We absolutely thumped the French, and the next day, they were so humiliated that only for the second time since the first, uh, the first, Second World War, and the first time was when President <laughs> de Gaulle died. <laughs> the second World War. Sorry. So, uh, the so, first time was when President de Gaulle died. Le Figaro newspaper, the main newspaper in France, they framed its front page in black oh. out of the humiliation of being beaten at wine tasting by the English. By the English. Uh, it was wonderful, but it was great for oh, me because was, we went back to England and all the English newspapers wanted the story. And of course, I was an actor. I was mm. at the National Theatre at that time. Mm. So you hemmed it up. Well, I was. You know what the, the um, newspapers are like. One chap's a chartered accountant, and another chap's a, a stage agent, and the ladies actually run, a, you know, runs a a, a business uh, shearing sheep in in Gloucestershire or something. And there's an actor. Of course, actor. she does. Oh, get us a picture of the actor, yeah. and get him dressed up. So I was dressed. I was a Welsh druid with a harp, <laughs> uh, and so I was playing a Welsh druid Obvs. with a harp at the time. And so, of course, and, and, well, I, I, because that's how wine well. tasters dress. That's, Sort of, that's what I realised. And I met a few wine tasters and I thought, you, 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 you know, should be druids. But, so I got that picture. The next year we did the Germans and I was playing Sweeney Todd. So there I was dressed as Sweeney Todd and um, same old thing. Uh, the, the actor, hey, look, they've beaten the Germans. Italy next year. I was doing, do you know an actress called Patricia Hodge? Yes, I've heard of Patricia oh. Hodge. Yes, I know Patricia oh. Hodge. My heart. Yeah, anyway, juicy Patricia. Patricia. wonderful. Mm. I was doing, I was doing, um, a show called The Mitford Girls with Patricia Hodge. And we won again, front front page picture. And the next year, the Americans, I was doing General Perron. So I was dressed as General Perron. And I just got known as the actor who knows about wine. It's a great way to get into this game. I was an actor and a singer. I wasn't. I, I, acted, I, I did wine as a hobby. Huh. But someone, they got a new show starting on BBC called BBC Food and Drink. And it became the most popular show on, on BBC Primetime. We had 11, 12, up to 13 million people a week. Who'd have, thought, who'd have thought that the general public actually enjoy food and drink? Mm. What a, what why a does it idea. take? What, a, what an odd idea. Yeah, and Give it a whirl. <laughs> yes, what a, oh. what a silly idea. But, oh. And of course, where is it now? Oh, nowhere, it's nowhere. The, the Puritan world has rather taken us over. Don't get but me anyway, started. They, they, had, they wanted to do a blind wine tasting live on television. And quite reasonably, the person they got to do it had a developed a terminal illness the day before. Uh, he recovered a day later, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, uh, a little nervous. Uh, he, yeah. he just thought, I'm not doing that. And, and the producer just said, we're filming tomorrow. It's, we need this. It's part of our... Hey, get me the actor who knows about wine. Didn't know what my name was? Nothing. They just said, there's an actor who knows about wine. Find out where he is. Find out where he... Uh, get him, him on. Tell him, tell him he's on studio tonight. Yeah, make up at 7am. Oh, earlier than that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> well, it was a Sunday, luckily. I was doing a show. And it was just luckily serendipitous again. It was a Sunday, so I could I could film on a Sunday. If it was a Monday, I couldn't have done it. No. And I went down and did this studio, and I did this great. It, it's yeah, it's blind wine tasting, and I had a bit of a cold at the time. I thought, oh God, you know, um, I'm not sure I'm going to manage this. Um, and I said to the producer, I said, I said, obviously I won't know what the wine is. And he said, I said, will the audience know? And he said, oh, yes, they'll know because they'll have a big board up with the name of the wine and everything about it. But you won't be able to see that. And I just thought, well, I've done pantomime. I reckon I can do this. And, and I, you know, well, even if I can't smell it properly. And I walked in and I saw this golden great glass of, of, of thick, viscous liquid. And this is quite a long time ago. And I thought, there's only one wine that looks like that. It's, it's Australian Chardonnay. And I thought there's only about two Australian Chardonnays as far as I know. There's Tyrrell's Bat 47 and there's Rosemary Estate. 
And I just thought, I bet it's that bloody rosebud estate. They've, you know, I know Waitrose have got that. Yeah, it's and everywhere. I started chatting about, oh, look at the colour. Must be from somewhere warm. A little ripple. And I thought, it's that bloody Australian Chardonnay. Yeah. And they're go, going on That's and then saying, <laughs> Southern Hemisphere's quite warm. And everyone's ripple. going, this guy's a genius. Genius. And, I, and the Southern Hemisphere's warm. And so it, South Africa's. Not very warm because you know you say I just do that thing of and and for New Zealand silence is a bit cool South Africa silence is not very warm Australia little ripple is quite warm and you think mm. so I think it's Australia and everyone's like oh fantastic what about the grape variety now there are lots of white grape varieties there's grapes like Riesling silence but that's not very yellow and there's a grape the grape like Sauvignon Blanc silence but that's not very yellow. and but Chardonnay you see. Little ripple. It's the Chardonnay. And I thought, eventually I just said, I think this wine uh, is Tyrrell's Vat 47 Chardonnay, um, made by a bloke called Murray Tyrrell, and he, he's got a moustache, and his wife's got a moustache, and his dog's got a moustache. And, and it's from. His favourite colour is ducky blue, and he's an Aquarian. And, and eventually, and, said, and I said, you can get it from Waitrose for £5.99. And of course, that's exactly what they'd have written up in front of their board. They went hysterical. And they just thought this bloke's brilliant. And I came off and the producer said, that's fantastic. I didn't know wine tasting could be showbiz. Do you want to become a regular on our show? This new television show, BBC uh, Food and Drink. Uh, and and it, at the end of it, though, he yeah. said, he said, oh, by the way, do you realise you forgot to taste the wine? <laughs> 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 so I got this... <laughs> That is gold. That's not only... They, nobody could go back and get no, the internet No, no, I love that. And, you know, it's serendipitous. You just get lucky. I'm a lucky guy. I've had a lucky life. Speaking of lucky, though, you've um, just put out a new book. Mm. So the... Um, because I stalk you on the socials, Oz, just so you know, because I stare into your limpid pools too. And um, you... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm trying really hard to make sure I've got the name of the book right because we don't have it in New Zealand yet. The Story of Wine, 8,000 Years, 100 Wines. Is that correct? Not bad. 100 Bottles. Oh, 100 Bottles. One, I, I, it, was, oh. it was initially called um, History of Wine in 100 Bottles. Right? The Story ah, of Wine in 100 Bottles. And okay. And they said, no, no, we don't want that thing. And, and, and we said, why not? It's a really good title. And said, well, actually, it's about 106 bottles. And I said, oh, yes, mm, so what? Whatever. And then they said, actually, it's not a cool title anymore. It was a few years ago. Now it isn't. So it's now called Oslo's Story of Wine. Right. Which is fine. I don't mind. But it's, it's 8,000 years. It's 100 bottles. And the point is, it goes right to the beginning of wine. And it, it tells you detail. It's got facts in, which is unusual. Facts for is great. Because, mind. you know, the thing is, ChatGPT it says it has oh, facts. Now, let me, um, let me try my, my your Sanskrit facts better. It. <laughs> my Sanskrit's really suddenly got better. But it, it's, it's stories I like. So, it, I mean, I talk about all the legends about how wine started, saying, why don't... Yeah, it seemed perfectly plausible to me. I talk, everyone getting drunk and falling over by mistake and all these things. And then you, then you, t- you talk about the Romans and the Greeks. But, I'm not, you know, I talk a bit about the serious stuff, but I'm much more interested in, in pe- people like Eubulus, who... Said you know the eight rules of wine drinking without getting too too drunk and all these that's more interesting to me. Or talking about how Pliny and Horace used to write, they were they were resin snobs. They didn't care where the wine came from. They did care where the resin came from. Crazy. All these little interesting things. And then I, I go through wine. Not only sort of I'll tell you all about how the invention of Bordeaux and how. Burgundy became important, but also what, how did Liebfraumwilch come about, and what's Matthews Rosé, and, and, and yeah. White Zinfandel, and, and, and Gallo's Hearty Burgundy, and I say, these are all just as important as the 1855 classification of, of mm, Bordeaux. Mm. I, I do a whole thing on Montana Sauvignon Blanc. And and uh, do you do anything on Molotergal, and why it was here for so long? And uh, Not in this book, um, but I, uh, in other books I have proudly proclaimed that... Um, that uh, uh, Hawke's Bay, New Zealand, made the best Muller Turgau in the world. Thanks, Oz. It's a sort of low bar to cross. (laughs) And I'm afraid Hawke's Bay, uh, uh, down on the Heratonga Plains down there, loved it. Produced a a significant proportion of the Muller Turgau, which won gold medal after gold medal in the 1980s. Did you cover the wedding at Cana by any chance? Did you go back that far? No. (laughs) 
no, I got it the wrong way around. Uh, I didn't realize that, that that's turning wine in, water into wine, isn't it? Mm. No, I think I, I did that in the Provence Rosé section when yeah. I talked about talking turning water and uh, wine into water. Yeah, that's so that's the, the, the less flavor you put in the wine, the more you can charge for it. It's crazy. So long as, of course, you're married to Angelina de Jolly, which I am not. <gasps> I know. Nor are you. I'm not married to her, but you know, I probably I could maybe. I'd go gay for her though. Yeah, well, I I quite like her. She's alright. She's good. I remember. She's value. I think we're going to lose Oz. We're going to lose Oz. We have we have Oz's minders are in the building. I think. I think. Could be. Because we're almost at we're almost at an hour. oh really? We haven't talked about anything yet. I know. No, but that's the thing is, it's a podcast about nothing. Oh well, we've just done it. It's a podcast base of our lives. It's about it's about nothing. We just we just have a good little corridor, don't we, Dan? Yeah, I'm very very happy you were able to come join us for a little bit. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, I'll see you later. Yeah, Dan has to burst. He has to boot. Sort of limpid pools as well. Dan has, and look at his skin. He's got skin. Angelina Jolly might, you know, might might. Fancy, she you know, might. Look at their bone structure. Mm, bone structure good and those funny. Look I, at those. I, it's a dream of mine to piss off John Voight. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for this. Yeah. Oz Clark, you know what? I this is a bit of a dream. You're you're in my house. You've petted my dog. You've drunk my wine. Um, you didn't eat any of my cheese or charcuterie, but that's okay. Um, I didn't stop talking. You didn't stop talking. (laughs) But how fun. This has been such a pleasure, a real pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on Bays of Our Lives. This is um, a real treat for us. Thank you. I've just had one of the best bays of my life. (laughs) Thank you, man. This is great having somebody come. You know, this is part of it too, with the great people that come through Hawks Bay. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. I have a drop left. I have a drop left. Cheers. Okay, ballers, thanks for listening. We are keen as for your comments. Um, and hey, ideas for fantastic folk that could be great for us to interview are always welcome. So contact us by email at baysofourlivesmail at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Bays of Our Lives is biodynamically produced by Daniel Brennan at Decibel Wines and Whole Bunch Pressed by Yvonne Lorcan. <laughs>